Wednesday evenings, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And we've said that faith, hope, and love are a dynamic and interactive system that God designed and put in place for us to build the life that He created us to live upon. So when we talk about faith, hope, and love, we're talking about divine forces. We're not just talking about sentiment or even principles, although there are principles of faith and and principles from the Word associated with these three things. But we're talking about something much greater. One of the things that the Holy Spirit prompted us to say about this is that faith, hope, and love will always do their part in your life as long as you do yours. Because faith, hope, and love are things that we must act upon. We know that faith without works is dead or ineffective. But the same is true with love. We can say that we love, but love is something that involves or even requires action on our part. And then the same may be less obvious, but the same is true where hope is concerned as well. Abide means to remain now abides now, remain, remains faith, hope, and love, these three. These three abiding together means they go together, they stand together, they work together, and they produce results together. The world and, and then the religion influenced by the world has um, watered these three things down from their um, potent, God-given form. Um, We said that warm feelings and positive thoughts and well wishes are often what the world tries to substitute in place of genuine faith, hope, and love. Now, along with this, we said the quality of your foundation will determine whether you stand strong or waver. The quality of your foundation is what will determine this. A lot of times, and I, I can relate to this in my own life, you know, I've just been so determined, man, I'm standing strong, I'm standing strong, I'm standing strong. But if the foundation that we're standing upon is not as it should be, then it will cause us to waver. And that's what, of course, we're wanting to identify and eliminate. The Holy Spirit began to prompt a few words in my spirit concerning these things and yet another way or maybe even a better way for us to understand our current vein of study. And it began with one word. It was the word comprehensive. Comprehensive. And as I begin to search this out in, in my spirit and, and in the Word of God, this is the, the sentence or the phrase that the Lord uh, impressed upon me to present to you. And that is a comprehensive approach to receiving from God. A comprehensive approach to receiving from God. There are times when God speaking a word to me is confirmed because I it's that 
place where he speaks to me, not in my, in my head, but that still small place in my, in my spirit. And, and one of the ways that, this may not be the best way to confirm it, but one of the ways that sometimes this is confirmed is that when he begins to speak a word to me, I have to go look it up because I'm not exactly sure, you know, what that means. And so this word comprehensive means including all the elements or aspects of something, including all the elements, including all the aspects of something. So if something is comprehensive, it it means that everything that has to do with that is included, and the opposite of, of comprehensive then would be something left out or something not, you know, properly emphasized or understood. So a comprehensive approach to receiving from God a comprehensive approach. I think a lot of folks try to go about receiving from God in an uncomprehensive way. They have some things from the scriptures that they understand about receiving from God and they work those parts and elements and aspects of it to sometimes great frustration in their lives because, you know, the Bible says this and it, this is what ought to be happening and you know, the Bible says do this and this is what we're doing and it's, and, it's, and it's not working, so to speak. And perhaps there are other elements or aspects that are also important that are being ignored or neglected or left out altogether. So a comprehensive approach to receiving from God. The uh, list that we've looked at the last two Wednesday nights, that's the framework for uh, this comprehensive approach to where we're not just looking at one thing, but we're looking at all the different things. For example, faith. We, we know faith is critical to receiving from God, but we see that faith has been given, a measure of faith at least has been given to every person on planet earth. But if that person doesn't have any of God's inspired word to go along with their faith, so God's word is necessary, faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God, the anointed word of God is what activates and and awakens and arouses and, and sets in motion our faith and strengthens our faith and feeds our faith and and so you can, you can have a measure of faith, but if, if you don't have the word to go with the faith, or if you don't have the other side of that, if you don't have any action to go with the faith, you can have the word and have faith, but be too afraid to take a step of faith or to make a confession or to write the check or to do whatever it is the Lord is, is telling you to do. And so in this case, faith... Um, coming to the surface in a person's life, but there's no action associated with the faith, the Bible says it remains dormant. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's unproductive uh, in, in a person's life. So a comprehensive approach to receiving from God means looking at all the different aspects that are, and I hate to use this word, but that are required um, and I, when I say I hate to use it, I'm not trying to make this sound mechanical. That's, I think, 
you know, faith and love and hope, these are living things. And it's, it's very easy to, to only teach them from, a, uh, from the perspective of a principle, a definition, um, a one, two, three, ABC application, that sort of thing. Um, faith is more than that. Faith, faith is, 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 a, is a living thing because it comes from a living God. It's, it's an eternal uh, thing because, again, it proceeds forth to us, towards us, from a, an eternal God. And so we have to understand the difference between the letter of a process and the spirit of that process. There, there are a lot of folks who have dotted every I and crossed every T, but they don't, even, they don't know God at all. Um, and so we can't make the mistake of, you know, when we talk about this comprehensive approach, looking at it, I sometimes reference, because it's such a, a, a big part of, um, of what the Lord's called me to do, some of you perhaps have, have heard of something called 12-step recovery. And the original 12-step recovery came out of the Scriptures. And I'm, I'm not a believer in sitting in a room full of people and confessing over yourself that you're an alcoholic. Uh, that, that part... You know, I, I don't agree with, and to me is is crosswise to contrary to scripture. But so so much of of, of that particular recovery program, it, it came straight out of the Bible. But other than the telling people and confessing over yourself that you're an addict or an alcoholic, the other issue that I have with twelve step recovery is that so many times people look at it as as soon as I can check all these 12 things off, it's, it's done. In other words, it's, it becomes mechanical. It, 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 it simply becomes a to-do list as opposed to, um, you know, one of the principles of 12-step recovery is that you can only keep what you give away, which is a lifestyle. And, and so we've got to remember, you know, faith is a lifestyle. We, we, we walk by faith. We live by faith. Amen. Love is a lifestyle. And we're growing and increasing in our understanding of God's love. And we see in scriptures that there's direct connection between the more we understand the full dimensions of God's love for us and for others, the more that's reflected in our lives by our being filled with the fullness of God. And so all these things are related and connected to, to just simply make it a checklist is to miss the point. And even when we look at our examples in scripture the the greatest example according to scripture of of faith and receiving from god and a comprehensive approach to that is is abraham and we see that he started at a place of 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 weakness and and uh ignorance but he walked it out and and giving glory to god and and as as the holy spirit is teaching him and showing him and leading him to where he became the example of faith now for uh, us to look to and follow even in this new and better covenant that, that we live in. So a comprehensive approach. Now, there is an established way to receive from God. 
it's not random, it's not vague, but it's specific and it's clear. God wants you to receive from Him. God wants you to uh, have uh, the things in your life that He paid such a high price for you to have. If He spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, Romans 8, how will He not, not now freely give us all things? So this idea that Father is withholding things from you, the Bible's very clear about it. He's withheld no good thing from you. Father wants you to receive from Him, and He has spelled out in His Word this comprehensive approach to receiving from Him. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the comprehensive approach, and I believe the reason the Holy Spirit's breathing on that is that we sometimes focus on one or two of these things to uh, the neglect of the others. But let me, I've mentioned that already, so let me try to stay focused here. So let's get that nailed down. There's an established way to receive from God. Let me, let me see if I can say that a different way. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. There's a, there's a right way to go about receiving from God as He spelled it out for us in His Word. And, and there is a wrong way. And so any variation or deviation from the established way will not produce results in your life. That's why we, we've been talking about restoring precision to faith, hope, and love where we don't understand it according to religious tradition, nor do we understand it according to this world's ways, um, but we understand it according to, according to Jesus as it was on display and modeled um, in His life. And so if we deviate from what true hope is, for example, because that's uh, one element and aspect of the comprehensive approach to receiving from God, Hope is a vital part of receiving from God. Well, if we deviate from what it really is and its role in this comprehensive approach, it's, it's going to prevent us from receiving. It's going to prevent us from experiencing in our life realities the thing that Father God has for us. So there's a right way to receive and go about it, and any variation or deviation from that established way, established by God, will not produce results in your life. I didn't put this in my notes because I went back and forth with it because I'm not trying to make jokes. I'm not trying to be funny. When I say there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an established way to do it, I know it maybe sounds like some kind of, you know, cultic religion or whatever, but do you realize, I mean, God could have said something like this, okay? On the first full moon, go to this geographical location, face north, you know, lift your left foot off the ground. You know, we see like some of the things that he told different people to go wash and, and there's different things in the Old Testament specifically and the New Testament where God gave, you know, people specific things to follow through on and do that ultimately were, it was God giving them opportunities to act on their faith and, and do it in expectation and, and, and receive. But even like when it comes to salvation, you know, there, are, there are different ways that God could have established for us to receive from Him. Okay? But what I'm, what I'm wanting us to see and understand is, and let me, before I say any more about that, you know, we, we still see God working in unusual ways uh, today. Um, 
I've shared this story before about when my grandfather was healed. He wasn't even born again. It was gifts of the Spirit working in an evangelist where God gave him a word of, uh, uh, of knowledge about an injury that my grandfather had had and, and uh, uh, just agonizing pain in his shoulder. If you ever walked in their house there when they lived in Brighton, it smelled like uh, liniment, uh, um, being gay, you know, that, that's undeniable smell. And we finally got him to come to church, and an evangelist walked up, you know, to his row, center aisle, pointed to my grandfather, said, tonight's, night, tonight's your night, Dad. And my grandfather, like, you talking to me? You know, like, what do you mean, you know? And he finally got my grandfather out in the middle aisle, and he says, your shoulders hurt. And he told him, Red is literally just new. We've never seen this man before. Nobody in our family talked to him. And he just reached up and touched my grandfather on the head. His, I still see the lights. My grandfather was, he just had hair on the sides and his head was sweaty and shiny in the lights. And he just reached up and just barely touched him on the head. It was like somebody hit my grandfather in the head with a hammer. And God healed him that night. He, he didn't know about comprehensive approach to receiving from God. I mean, he just finally there because grandkids just wouldn't leave him alone about coming to church. Okay? And, he, and he received from God. So I'm not... I'm not trying to say that God doesn't work that way and use these things. He absolutely positively does. Okay. But what I'm talking about now is, you know, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. How to walk in and walk out all of these new birth realities that we've received, the covenant that, that, that we uh, are under, how to believe that you've already received and have confident expectation based upon that faith which feeds the endurance necessary uh, to uh, actually possess in, in your hands the things that you're standing on and believing God for, okay? So that's, I just want to clear that up as well as we work our way deeper uh, into this. So there is a right way to do it. Any variation or deviation from the established way will not produce results in your life. Now, in addition to that, um, compare all the elements and aspects versus some or a few. All versus some or a few. So comprehensive would be an inclusion of all of these things. So focusing on one element while ignoring the others is a common and costly mistake. It's a common and costly mistake. And this is, this is how... Because you, you learn things in, in, in parts and pieces. And, I, and the Bible is, is clear on that. Um, and as we, because we only know in part, right? And the good news is there are folks in this room who know parts that I don't know and other people who know parts that me and you and whoever else don't know. And that's how Father works. He gives people different uh, insight and understanding revelation because he wants us to collaborate and work together and sharpen one another and and so that's a beautiful thing so you know everything you know right now is only only part of it or piece of it so we we learn these things and study these things in you know 45 minutes to an hour when we're together and then hopefully you go home and let the holy spirit continue to teach you and show you other things as you read and study and and um, but the tendency then because we learn it in pieces is 
whatever piece we're on right now seems to be, okay, that's it, that's the answer. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with folks over the years, and I think maybe part of it is because I, uh, my own thoughts and thinking uh, are down this same road, and so I think I attract people to myself who think this way as well. But for lack of a better way of saying it, it's kind of like, okay, Lord, what are we missing? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what are we missing? Because we should be seeing more than we're seeing. Okay, so we're... we're where are, what are we not doing that we should be doing? What are we doing that we shouldn't be doing? Um, what do we not know that we need to know? What do we need to focus on? And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's a bad way to go about it because we're, we're growing and he's stretching us and he's teaching us and, and he's, he's helping us to, to learn and, 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 and grow. Um, you know, I don't know how many years into it here at Heritage, you know, I would catch myself the next new revelation you know, I'd stand in the pulpit, and I was like, okay, this is the most important thing God's ever said. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, wait, didn't we say that two years ago, you know? Um, now, I'm not trying to defend that, but, you know, there's something the Bible talks about, a timely word, a timely word. And, you know, some would say the most important message is the message of salvation. Well, I would agree with that unless you've already heard and responded to that message. If you've already heard the message of salvation and have been saved, but you're struggling your finances, then for, for me just to preach salvation to you every time I see you and never talk to you about what God's Word says. So the timely message is the Word that God has for us in that moment. So that's why another reason why sometimes this can seem like, well, this is the most important, you know. Um, I'll never forget when we spent a considerable amount of time teaching on God's kingdom, uh, Richard Prestwood, a, a member of this family of faith and, and dear friend of, of our family and, and this church, you know, he he's very um, wise and he has a very deep voice and just has a presence about him. And he looked at me and he said, "This is the mothership, isn't it, Pastor Mark? You know, and it was like the kingdom, like this. It all comes back to the kingdom." And um, so the tendency then is so. Like, like we, we've talked about hope as a confident expectation. And it's, it's very easy then for us to focus on, okay, we just need to have more expectation. We, just, we need to be expecting. We need to come expecting. That's one of the areas that I kind of let slip, and so I need to expect. Well, yes, but expectation alone is not a comprehensive approach to receiving from God. So let me... I'm going to put the list, and this is kind of an abbreviated version of this list that we've been, um, you know, developing. And, and um, so remember now, we're talking about one thing resting upon another. And so at the very top of this list is this word endurance. Now, if you notice at the bottom of the list is God. So this, is, this isn't necessarily a priority, you know, list. But it, think of it more as a flow chart. All right? So endurance. Now, in, a lot of times in the scriptures, you'll find this word translated patience. But what he's talking about here is your ability to hold a course, your ability to submit yourself to stump something and stay submitted to it, commit yourself to something and stay committed to it, to, to, to stay under, to stay focused, to, 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 to follow through on this. All right? And 
we've looked at some, we'll look at some others, but the, the, the Bible is very clear that after you've done the will of God, which is to believe God and, and do what God says, okay, that it's not more faith that you need, but it's endurance. Because it's through faith and endurance, or faith and patience, same word, could be translated either way, that we inherit the promise, that we actually hold in our possession, hold in our hands the thing that, um, that we've believed God for. But endurance is supported and sustained by hope. Or confident and joyful expectation. So notice now, you know, I could and I have. I've preached a lot of sermons in the last, I don't know, 30 years on endurance. It's important. It would be very easy, though, for somebody to hear that and go, okay, man, endurance, that's it. That's what I'm missing, endurance, okay? Well, if we only focus on endurance but don't understand how it fits into this comprehensive approach or what it has to do with all the other things, that's not their answer either. Let me say it this way. It's not either or. It's both and, 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 and. It's all of it, okay? So that's the comprehensive concept. So... The more confident and joyful expectation we have, that's going to feed or fuel our ability to endure. It's one thing to say I'm going to endure, but you're not going to endure very long without confident expectation. So the endurance is based upon, according to, rests upon, fueled by, sustained by, supported by hope, which is supported and sustained by, fueled by faith. We have the confident expectation because we're fully convinced that we have received what it is that the scriptures say God has done for us or what God has um, said concerning our situation. But then we've already talked about this. The comprehensive approach, you can't just you can't just say I'm believing God for this. Because faith has to be based upon something, right? It has to be based upon it, you know, this is where the world has infiltrated the church so much. It's like, you just got to have faith, brother. Come on now, what's wrong with you? You got to have faith. Keep the faith. See, that if you're genuinely believing God for something, it's going to be based upon His Word. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so if you notice, alongside faith, we put action response to God's Word. Because faith without any corresponding action is dead. The first action is confessing. The first action is confessing. There's, there's more, but that's amen. So faith then is, is fed, fuel sustained by God's Word. God's Word is based upon, sustained by, fueled by, fed by God's thoughts, desires, and actions. And if you notice, beside actions, I put in parentheses the word done. Talking about what God's already done, His actions. What, what He has done for you, what He's given to you, what He's said about you. And, of course, how do we know what He's done for us? His Word. How do we know what He's given to us? His Word. How, how do we know what to do with our money? His Word. How do we know what to do with our marriage? His Word. We're going to do it His way or our way or the world's way. We're going to do it in His way or somebody else's way. So faith, then, would be an action response to God's Word. And when we do things God's way, guess what? We start having 
you know, an expectation of, of, of things changing. Are you following what I'm saying? One fuels the other. It leads to the other. It, it sustains the other. So God's thoughts, desires, and actions, that's what His Word's based upon. And His thoughts, desires, and actions are based upon His nature, character, and ability. I look back on it years ago, um, and I remember when this was such a, a breakthrough revelation for me. Now, not that we ever outgrow the truth. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But I look, I look back on, let me say it this way. It was a tremendous revelation for me when I realized that God was both able and willing See, growing up in church, I had, I had been told all about the ability of God and what God's able to do and what God can do and what God, nothing too hard for God, nothing's impossible for God, right? But where the uncertainty was sowed into my life at an early age was God is able, but sometimes He's willing, sometimes He's not. So I had, I had great confidence in the ability of God to do things, but little to no confidence in His willingness. And when the Holy Spirit began to show me all the different verses in the Bible that obviously God put there in place for us to communicate to us that He's not just an able God, but He's a willing God. He is willing and able but now notice, see, this, this, this goes into His Word being supported and sustained by His thoughts, desires, and actions. How God thinks. How God thinks. This is a great verse revealing to us how God thinks. Are you ready? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Does your Father in heaven know how to give good gifts, even the Holy Spirit, to His? See, that verse goes to the, to the perspective God has. See, religion will tell you that God's mad at you or at best indifferent towards you. He is passionately in love with you. He sings over you while you sleep at night. See, all this is going to the, His nature, His character, His ability, His thoughts, desires, and actions. This was a huge revelation for me years and years ago that God is good and He wants good for me. Do you know how many people in the world don't, don't believe that about God? People who are in church every Sunday. I believe it was um, Oral Roberts, you know, that just that simple, God is a good God. Amen. I hope and pray that everybody listening to me right now, you had that revealed to you a long, long time ago. There's still a lot of people who, who don't, have that kind of understanding or we should say confidence or are fully convinced that God is for them, that God wants good for them, that He would rather die for them than live without them, that He would He gladly and willingly became poor so you could become rich. He gladly and willingly became your sin so you could become His righteousness. See, all of this goes to His thoughts, desires, actions which reveal things to us about His nature, character, and ability. So you can quote every verse in the Bible about the goodness of God and, and what God, you know, 
His power to heal, His power to deliver, His power to save, His power to, you know, His mercy, all these other things. But if you're still uncertain about how He thinks, about what He really desires or what His will really is, are you following me? This is where people come up with all these, you know, ideas about, you know, God you know, doing things to people, hurting people, giving people diseases. Man, there's, please, please, please. So notice now God's word says that his will for you is healing, that he is the Lord who healeth thee. He introduced himself as the one who heals you. Okay. His thoughts towards you are precious. Amen. <laughs> that his desires for you is for good and not harm, to give you hope and a future, right? See, all of these. So now, so the more that we understand about how he thinks, and what he desires, his will, and what he's done, that record tends to speak for itself, right? So what does this do? Notice now, that, that takes his word from just a book on a shelf, just a, another book of philosophy and, and um, right living. It elevates it now. Because, see, what his word says is based upon how he thinks and what he desires and what he's done, his actions where you're concerned, what he's done towards you. How about the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? I like to, I like to, I just picture God's power and it being a scope, right? And you're in the crosshairs. Which tells us something about his nature, character, and ability, which again comes all the way back to him. So God, his nature, character, and ability thoughts, desires, and actions communicated to us in His Word. We hear that Word. It stirs faith in us. But see, now notice, we're talking about this comprehensive approach. It's going to be very hard. How can you believe to the point of acting upon if you don't trust God's motives? If you don't, if you think He, if you don't think He wants you to prosper financially, no wonder you would be reluctant to give or to pay tithes. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? But when you understand that God desires to prosper you, that God's des- humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time, that, that, that those He justified, He'll also glorify, that He wants to put you on a pedestal, that He wants to make an example out of you of His goodness and loving kindness. See, now all of this, it, it, it provides the, the basis, the foundation we understand that God's that faith is based upon God's word. But if you're uncertain about his nature, character, and ability, if you're uncertain about his thoughts, desires, and what he's done and why he did it, it's going to undermine your confidence in his word. But the more you understand about who he is, come on now. But see, that's fellowship. See, you, you, don't, you don't learn who he is without ever communicating with him, without ever fellowshipping with him, without ever spending any time with him. That's why Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. Right? So we, we fellowship with him. That's how we get to know him. Think about somebody you know making you a really large promise versus a complete stranger promising you the same thing. 
You, you, you follow what I'm saying? If Terrell Slowey said to me, Mark, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And he's done plenty here at the church. This is what I'm going to do. I'll be here tomorrow. And I'm about, okay. Well, man, I'm like, leave the door unlocked for him in case he gets here before I get back from the foundry. Compare that, though, to a total stranger. That would make me the same promise. Well, I'm just like, well, hopefully, you know. So, faith certainly is based upon, according to, rests upon, supported by, sustained by, fed by God's Word. But if you haven't fellowship with Him and you don't know who, how He thinks and what He desires and, and what He's done and how He does it and why, it's, it's going to undermine your ability to have confidence in His Word. Is, am, I, am I making this clear? Okay. Now, where does the time go? Can you hang in here for a few more minutes? Now, when we talk specifically about receiving from God, don't, don't overthink this. The spirit realm is as real, I say more real than the physical realm because the physical realm came from the spirit realm. Everything you can see, the Bible says, came from a place you can't see. Everything you can see is temporary. Everything you cannot see is eternal. Okay? So receiving from God involves moving things from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Receiving from God involves moving things from the spirit realm into the natural realm. All right. So let's, let's begin here. Comprehensive approach to receiving from God as it relates to this, this list of things that we're talking about. Let's talk about from God to you. How, how does God get something that he has for you to you? Okay? So God is a spirit. Amen? And you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body, but you're a spirit. God is a spirit and you are a spirit. The Bible says for me to speak and you to, you to judge according to the scriptures... So I'm putting this out here. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting me to say it exactly this way, okay? Spiritual things are easily conveyed between spirit beings. In the same way, physical things are easily conveyed between physical beings. A $20 bill is a physical thing. As a person in a physical body... It's very easy for me to convey um, a $20 bill to another physical being. Are you, I'm not, don't overthink it again. I'm not trying to like, da-da-da, can you believe this profound wisdom? No, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's, it's easy to do when we're taking something physical and going from someone who is physical to another person who is physical. Things are easily moved back and forth. Okay, so here's the point again. God is a spirit. You also are a spirit. Spiritual things are easily conveyed between spirit beings in the same way physical things are easily conveyed between physical beings. So it's just as easy for something spiritual to go from God who is a spirit to you who are a spirit as it is for something that's physical to go from one physical being to another physical being. 
Okay? Salvation is spiritual and is easily passed from God who is a spirit to another human spirit. What does the Bible say? For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How about this one? Romans 10.10 For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So now we're, we're talking about something that is spiritual. I'm not trying to trivialize these things because salvation is eternal and priceless and all of that. But for God who is a spirit to give salvation to someone, a spiritual gift, if you will, to another human spirit who asks him, that's just as easy as you handing somebody a, a piece of corn on the cob. You, you just pass it on, right? Okay? And by the way, look at Romans 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, he's, he says, uh, Brother Keith Moore at the Believers, uh, Southwest Believers Convention, he preached two or three sermons on this right here. And he used this example, and I, I, not this exact example, but I'm put it in terms you can connect with, okay? We're right here in Hueytown. And if we wanted to get to Pelham tonight, okay, how would we go from Hueytown to Pelham? I mean, probably most of us would get, get in a car and go from here unto Pelham. Notice what he's saying here. To go from not saved to saved. How do you get from not saved to saved? You get there with the mouth. You get there with the mouth. You, you, you go from not being saved to receiving God's gift of salvation Believe in the heart, confess with the mouth. See, that's part of the comprehension. That's that's an action response to faith. Now, I'm trying to wind this down. Let's, Let's do it here, okay? It's one thing for spiritual things to be received by your spirit. It is another thing altogether for those spiritual things to be manifest in your physical life reality. So from a physical thing, from a physical being to another physical being, piece of cake. A spiritual thing, from a spirit being to a spirit being, again, passes freely. What we're talking about now is what you've already received in your spirit going from an inward spirit reality to an outward physical one. Are you with me? I have um, I, I've replaced um, Home and Garden DIY TV with Smithsonian Channel. I, just, I, I love to learn, and some of the programs are on there, you know. And, and um, I don't know if you ever watched the show on Smithsonian, Aerial America. Man, I've learned so much about our nation from that show. There's, there's another one there called Mighty Ships. And um, it just talks about these big ships, cruise ships, and all the other things. And Pam and I were watching one. And, and so these, you've got a captain who's been at sea 
for 50 years. But before he enters a harbor, he waits for a pilot to be brought to him in a smaller boat. That pilot gets on, goes up to the helm of that great ship with this captain who has 50 years experience. Sometimes these captains, you know, they look like grandfathers and these pilots look like, um, you know, 20-somethings. But the, the difference is that pilot knows how to navigate into that particular bay and dock that billion-dollar ship, okay? The, the captain knows how to sail the thing out into the ocean and navigate and, and you know, in the middle of the night, in the middle of a storm, uh, and, and get it where it's got to go, okay? But when it comes to that harbor, you know, the, there are shallow spots, there, there are areas where those big, big ships, the wind will get them, and if they have to make like a turn to get into the dock, if the wind's a certain uh, uh, mile per hour, it'll push the ship around and, and they'll lose control of the ships. All these other, so, see, now, now we're, we're getting to details and, and to precision. Are you hearing me? Now, now it's getting to where, okay, we're not just out in open water, you know, letting the big diesel engines rip, okay? Now we've got from there to here, but these, and sometimes it's, it's 600 yards. You know, they've, they've sailed the thing 3,000 miles, but now it's the last 600 yards that are, you know, bringing it home, bringing it in, into the dock, okay? And so this is, stand with me tonight. I'm saying that to say the spiritual things that we've received from God, we've received them. I'm telling you, by His stripes you were healed. He says things like this, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free in your performed action. You shall be free indeed. Indeed means performed action, right? You realize it's one thing to be made free, it's another thing to live free in your performed action. That's part of this comprehensive approach to receiving from God. For God to take freedom, spiritual, He's a spirit, for Him to put freedom in your spirit when you ask, no problem. The challenge then becomes the freedom reality that we've received inwardly back to that outward manifestation of life. So how does that list of endurance, hope, faith, God's word, are you following me? God's thoughts, desires, actions, God's nature, character, and ability, and ultimately God, how does all that fit into if the Son makes you free, you shall be free in your performed action, into your outward life reality. This is the comprehensive approach to receiving God. Now, if Satan attacks your faith, what do you do? Because he's going to attack it, right? What do you do? You go back to what faith is based upon. It's based upon the Word of God. So when the devil tells you you're not healed, you go back to the Word of God because the Word of God is what feeds that faith, right? The devil tells you you prayed and believed and nothing happened. He's, he's trying to challenge your faith. You go back to what it's based upon. And if necessary, you go back to God's thoughts, desires, and actions. And if necessary, go back to His nature, character, and ability. 
shore, keep shoring these things up because of what it's going to do now. See, that's going to, all of that feeding up into the confident and joyful expectation that will enable you to endure with expectation. Those that wait upon the Lord. Remember, waiting upon the Lord doesn't mean sitting around twisting your, twiddling your thumbs. It means expecting. Expecting. All right, Father, thank you for this time together this evening. I pray that everything that we put our hands to will prosper for your glory this week, Father. I ask that you reveal yourself to us in personal and meaningful ways. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for what you're helping us, Lord, uh, understand and build upon in our lives. Thank you, Father, for helping us see clearly this comprehensive approach to receiving from you. Not just focus on one part or another, but realize that it's all of these things standing together, remaining together, abiding together, that, that enable us to walk in the victory that we've already received. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Much love to you and your family. Good things coming.